بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله النبي الكريم بعد Praises and all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask Allah to shower his salutations upon our beloved master Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam May Allah be pleased with all of us, the Sahaba, the Tabi'een the Tab'at Tabi'een, the Salaf al-Salihin, Imamun al-Muttaqeen, man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin and those who follow them in their beautiful example, amin ya rabbal alameen We made mention yesterday of the individuals who had given their excuses when it was time to participate in <coughs> certain expeditions that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had required them to participate, to participate in. So they would come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they would give their various excuses. They would say, if you come back, then if there's a guarantee, then we'd go with you, that you would return. If there's no harm, then we would, we would go with you. If there's something that you would get that's good, then we're willing to go. If when they would see the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslimin getting harmed, then they would say, look, <coughs> it was wise that we didn't go. And if there was goodness, then they would say, we should have gone with the Nabi of Allah ﷺ. Allah speaks about, and we'll cover this inshallah tomorrow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in this juice of the Quran. And the reason we're covering it tomorrow is because um, it'll make it easier to conclude Surah Yusuf in one go on Sunday, uh, number one. Number two, if we do Surah Yusuf tomorrow, uh, unfortunately, the masjid will probably be empty and I'll have to be talking to myself. <laughs> so... What we're going to do tomorrow, inshallah, is try and, you know, cut it this way. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to do what we have to do. And I thought it would make it easier to make mention of this particular incident only. The individuals who had stayed behind in the battle of Tabuk, in the Ghazwa of Tabuk, Ka'ab bin Malik, Hilal bin Umayyah, and Murar bin Rabi'ah. They were the individuals and Allah Jalla wa'ala beautifully says it. He doesn't say that they stayed behind. He says they were made to stay. Okay? So certain things happened to these Sahaba so that we could take lesson therefrom. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, Abasa wa That he turned and he ignored a little bit. Allah didn't say, this was with reference to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He didn't say, Abasta wa Oh, Nabi of Allah, you did it. He didn't do this. So when Allah Jalla wa'ala wants us to take some lessons, then Allah Jalla wa'ala used these hab. He would use the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And quite similarly, in the incident of Ka'ab bin Malik, Hilal bin Umayyah, and Murada bin Rabi'ah, Allah Jalla wa'ala teaches us, teaches us a lesson of truth and truthfulness, and we ask Allah Jalla wa'ala that we come from those people. Why? Because if we do, subhanallah, then Allah Jalla wa'ala will categorize us and place us amongst the following people. He Jalla wa'ala says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ Ikhwan, 
إخوان خففوا صوتكم إخوان يا إخوان إخوان خففوا صوتكم فضل لا يمكن أن تكون مشورتين So Allah Jalla wa'ala says وَسَابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنْصَارِ They were those people from the Muhajirin They were those people from the Ansar They were the people who went far ahead Examples of these individuals is a Sahabi who the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on one occasion says Is there anybody from amongst you who would do things and would not take assistance from anybody? So much so that if his rope fell off onto the floor, he would dismount and pick up his rope. So Ukasha, the Sahabi Ukasha, beautiful name. He stands up and he says, Rabbi of Allah, I, from amongst the people who will enter Jannah. Another Sahabi says, O oh, Nabi of Allah, I also am ready. The Prophet says, Sabaqaka biha Ukasha. Ukasha has certainly stepped ahead in front of you. So he's taken that merit and now you can't take that merit. Nonetheless, Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about this and he says, They were those who spent their wealth, their health, and all of the treasures in the path of Allah. So from the first mu'mineen, min al-muhajireen, from the individuals who had migrated, whether they had migrated to Abyssinia, whether they had migrated to Medina al-Munawwarah, and even though, let us understand that migration might not necessarily be the hijrah, might not necessarily be something which will take place anymore. Okay? Because the hijrah was from Mecca al-Mukarramah to Medina al-Munawwarah. However, ulama say that there are certain types of hijrah and migration that can take place. The migration from evil to good, the migration from bad character to good character, the migration from the insubordinance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to becoming obedient to Allah jalla wa'ala. The migration from being an addict to being a non-addict. All of these are migrations. The migrations from being a good partner, a bad partner in a marriage to a good partner in a marriage. For the sisters, the migration from being a bad cook to a good cook. You know, all types of migrations can take place. And we ask Allah that these migrations are certainly good migrations. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So they were individuals who had migrated. Then there were individuals who were the Ansar. The, 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 the people who migrated, they were equally good. And the Ansar were equally good. These people carried the deen. Okay, subhanallah. And these people, the Ansar, helped them carry the deen. So if you put virtue, you will find that subhanallah, maybe some individuals would say, that the Meccans are better. Some individuals would say that the Madanites are better. However, they were one for one. And Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about this and He says, They are, some of them are friends of some of them. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, They are like one body. If the one part complains, then the other, the whole body complains. So on a lighter note, there were two taxis, uh, two taxi drivers, and, and they stopped. One was from Mecca, and one was from Medina al munawwara <clears throat> and, and they stopped, and there was some confusion, etc. And 
So in the argument that ensued, the one said, you know, you people, we, we the Meccans are better. And he started giving his opinions. And the other one said, no, we from Medina, we are better. So eventually it got decided by the following. The Medina individual said, listen, we so much better because you people even kicked the Prophet ﷺ off. That's why he had come to us and so we better the Medina people. Nonetheless, Mecca had started Islam. Islam had started in Mecca. If there wasn't Mecca, there wouldn't have been the deen of Islam, the foundation. And if there wasn't Medina, there wouldn't have been the building. So there had to be the Mecca period and there had to be the Medina period. The Mecca period was foundation. The Mecca period was love. The Mecca period was concrete. The Mecca period was getting people to understand and to be ready and prepared for anything that would come. The Medina period, subhanAllah, was then stabilizing, was then getting people to take the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from and to all parts of the world. So, those individuals who are from the migrators, and I'm repeating this from the people who have migrated and those who are the Ansar, so Allah says, those who migrated, those who helped them, and those who followed them with goodness. SubhanAllah. In one verse, Allah Jalla wa'ala, in His infinite mercy, has captured the entire Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In one verse, next to the Muhajireen, next to the Ansar, Allah has placed you and I. Subhanallah. Allah could have somewhat later on said they would get Jannah, etc. And then somewhere down the line said, and even those who followed them, yet in one verse, just like when Allah speaks about the rights of parents, He says, let it not be that you associate partners with Allah and that you are good to your parents. So it shows the importance of goodness to parents. Here, Allah shows the rank of those people that they are amongst the individuals who are like the Muhajireen and like the Ansar. Not that we are Muhajireen, not that we are Ansar, but Allah has promised, Radiyallahu anhum wa radu anhum. Allah says, Allah is pleased with them. They are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَعَدَّلَهُمْ جَنَّاتِ And Allah has prepared for them Jannat. Many, many gardens. Not one garden, many, many, many gardens. تَجْرِي تَحْتَهَ الْأَنْهَارُ Beneath which rivers flow. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا And they will stay therein forever. ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ And indeed, this is the greatest success. So we speak about foundations as we mentioned earlier. The Makkah period, foundations for Islam. And then we look at in this particular use of the Qur'an with reference to a foundation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in a few Jews that passed before. And he speaks about individuals who had served people when they came to Makkah Mukarramah. And he said, Jalla wa'ala, أَجَعَلْتُمْ سِقَايَةَ الْحَاجِّ الْحَرَامِ He says, listen, do we think that individuals who serve the Hujjaj and they construct the Masjid al-Haram, right? So the first thing we learn from this year is that the Hujjaj will always be seen to and secondly, the Masjid al-Haram will always cater for everybody till Qiyamah. 
Because Allah has made mention of it indirectly. And we must certainly recognize the individuals who do this. Despite the fact that we might have differences elsewhere. And Allah Jalla wa'ala grant us the ability to reconcile our differences. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. When Sheikh Abdul Basit, Abdul Samad had gone for the centenary celebrations of the Yawban, he that time didn't have a beard, you know. And also he was the most prominent Qari. So people had some objection because he was going to recite. And at the same time, so what was said was, as they introduced him, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the hidden love, the internal love that he has for the Quran. And may Allah make apparent on him the love that we have for the Sunnah. Khalas. There's goodness in you, there's goodness in me. Allah will not question me about the goodness that I have. Because I have it. But He will question me about the goodness that you have and I don't have. Subhanallah. So don't judge anybody, you know. We often think this year, I mean, why are you not doing this? But Subhanallah, we, we're doing other things. Nonetheless, Allah says, Is it like that one who believes in Allah? And the last day, and exerts himself in the path of Allah. No, it can't be the same. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, those individuals who exert themselves in the path of Allah, they are much better than those who sit behind. Yet in the same token, Allah Jalla wa'ala says, when deed is being disseminated from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and obviously from the seeds of religion, whilst other people are going out in the path of Allah, there must be some who remain behind so that they learn and teach those who come back when they come back. Subhanallah. Anyway, Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about the construction of a masjid. And he says, The individual who puts up the masjid of Allah, The individual who puts up the masjid of Allah is one who believes in Allah. And he believes in the last day. Subhanallah. The responsibility of the one who puts up a masjid is that he also performs salah. <laughs> the one who puts up a masjid must also perform salah. We sometimes, and Allah reward us for putting up the masjid. But if we put up the masjid, we also need to be part of the masjid. So I build a school, but they send my children elsewhere. That's somehow conflicting. I build the masjid, but I'm not performing salah. What's the point? I'm responsible for the masjid, but I'm, you know, so these are things that we shouldn't be doing. There are those individuals who perform salah and they give charity. Why? Because there might be riyah, there might be show. And when you give charity, you are dispelling all of this here. And they fear only Allah. That means when it comes to the matters of deen, they stand steadfast. Subhanallah. They don't go this way and that way because that is the masjid of Allah. Now, the Munafiqeen had established the masjid. And when they established the masjid, they had invited Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to come and pray therein. The idea was if he prayed therein, then people would take that masjid to be a recognized masjid. And they would also they go to pray. As he's going, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Jibreel Amin with revelation. La taqum fihi abada. Do not ever stand therein. لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ يَوْمٍ 
أحق أن تقوم فيه. Allah says the Masjid al-Quba, which was built on taqwa from the very first day. So, any building, any institution, any madrasa, any maktab, if it wants to flourish and succeed, we have to have the seeds of taqwa. We can't just open up an institution because we want to just open it up. Because we want our children to be separated from other races. Because we want to create an elitist organization. You can't do that. We have to do it because we have taqwa. We have to do it because subhanallah, we want our children to be those individuals with character. That's how we do it. And even the possibility that others must come in the, into the institution so we can teach them character. The beautiful part about the institution of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was that there was no failures. There were no failures. All were success stories. Whoever came into his institution passed, passed with flying colors. So it means that when we are opening up an institution, the intention must be taqwa in such a way that the child will not leave except that he has taqwa. That no child must leave my school. No child must leave my madrasa or my maktab except that this child fears Allah. That's a Muslim school. That's a madrasa. That's a masjid. That's a hayf's class. No child must leave the institution that they're in except that they come out fearing Allah. That's the maqsad. If we do that, subhanallah. And what does Allah say? Don't ever stand therein. And the, 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 the um, command is made to destroy that masjid till today where that land stands, nothing grows there. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, listen, the absolute truth is, in Allah, and we mentioned this the other day, Allah wants to purchase from us There's a trade. He wants us to give of ourselves. He wants us to give of our, of our wealth. And then he'll give us Jannah in return. And who are these people? These people, Allah says very simple. These people, التائبون, they are those who make Tawbah. We spoke about Tawbah this afternoon in the Jum'ah lecture. Tawbah is so important because everyone thinks that I'm okay. Forgetting the sins that we probably did a long time ago. So what it requires is to sit down. That's what it requires. It's to sit down, to close our eyes, and to think about the years gone by. That's what it requires. It requires some sort of contemplation to say that when I was in primary school, when I was in high school, when I started experimenting, because sometimes we don't consider a sin a sin. Sometimes we don't consider a sin a sin. And I'll give you an example. I said to an individual, I said, you know, nikah takes place if there's an acceptance and a proposal in the presence of two witnesses, for example, right? And he said, what do you mean? I said, if a person says that I accepted you as my wife long time ago, and the lady says, I also have accepted you. In the presence of two witnesses, the nikah has taken place, right? That's a serious sin because that woman has to be divorced. She has to be divorced first, then she has to sit in Idda and then she can only get married again. If she doesn't, she's living in Zina. Now we didn't consider that. We didn't think about that. And often, you know, when we are growing up, the reality is, one is we say, no, not me, not my children, I was good. 
But the reality is not that. Everybody, everybody had somebody that they spoke to. Everybody had a fling. Everybody had a thing. Everybody had something. Whatever the case might be. Someone you could ring. Whatever. And so we think about that. We could probably have experimented with drugs. Or moved with thugs. Whatever. We could have maybe had been playing sound. When we spoke, you weren't profound. We could have did all of these things. We might have hurt somebody. We might have stolen. We might have lied. We might have made people cry. We might have hurt our parents. We might have hurt our brothers. So what do we do? We have to sit down and we say, Allah, forgive me. I love it because really Allah, this life that I've been leading was like, where was I? So Al-Ta'ibun, Al-Abidun, those who worship Allah. Allah, am I really a worshiper? Am I really a worshiper? Am I somebody because I make sujood, I make ruku' and then I think I'm a worshiper? Subhanallah. One individual came to Dr. Abdul Hay and he said, you know, I have reached a stage in my life, Subhanallah, when I perform salah, I perform salah with ihsan. What is ihsan? That I perform salah as if I am seeing Allah and or if I know Allah is seeing me. That's ihsan. As Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has described it. So he said, Alhamdulillah, I've reached ihsan. So Dr. Abdul Hay told him, Rahimahullah, no, ihsan is not only in salah. <laughs> ihsan is in every aspect of deen. That when you speak, there's ihsan. When you when you smile, there's ihsan. When you laugh, there's ihsan. When you walk, there's ihsan. Subhanallah. So al-abidun. Ibadah becomes ibadah. Normally, ada, which is habit, becomes ibadah if there's ihsan. Goodness therein. Alhamidun. Praising Allah. We often praise creation. So wonderful, so wow, so brilliant, so great. When have we spoken about Allah? As-sa'ihun al-raki'un. Those individuals who in the latter parts of the night, they perform ruku' and sujood. Think about the last 11 months. Ramadan is easy because we wake up for Seri. How many of us have spent actually time during the year? Fortunate are those who do. Really fortunate are those who do. Some people say that waking up at night is a special meeting with Allah. <laughs> and, and, and if we're not waking up, maybe it's because Allah doesn't want us to wake up. Al-Amiruna bil ma'roof. Those people who tell other people that they should do good, and they tell people to stay away from evil. And they protect the boundaries of Allah. And I'm asking you, to a degree, okay? To a degree, we all have these qualities, no? Subhanallah, we all have these qualities. We have made tawbah. We have praised Allah. We have worshipped Allah. We have told people, our children, to do good and stay away from evil. We have done whatever the ayat says to us. All we need to do is increase. Increase in tawbah. Increase in praise. Increase in protecting the garments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we'll become those who subhanallah will have the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we then move on to surah Yunus and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says listen if we are not those people then the people who forge a lie against Allah innahu la yuflihul mujrihun they are the sinners and sinners can never ever be successful and he says jalla wa ala inna Allah la yadhlimun nasa shay'a Allah has never oppressed anybody but people, people have oppressed themselves. That is why Allah Jalla says, Allah guides whom He wants to, and He leaves those who wish to misguide themselves. Subhanallah. He doesn't say, 
whom one to whom he misguides. The incident of Nuh alayhi salam, of Musa alayhi salatu wa taslim, again of all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wa taslim, Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about and he says that وَأُمِرْتُ أَنْ أَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ I have been commanded to become from those who are the believers and those who have become the submitting uh, worshippers of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, listen, وَمَا كَانَ لِنَفْسٍ أَنْ تُؤْمِنَ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ We give the message. We tell people about Allah, but people will only accept subhanallah if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them to accept him. When will that happen? When they open the receptacles of, of their heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we conclude the 11th Jews of the Quran and Allah Jalla wa'ala says, إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ sudur." Sometimes Allah says, He knows what is in the heart. He knows what is in the mind. Ya Allah Jalla wa'ala says, He knows. Allah is all knowledgeable of that which even the chest conceals. That which, that which is the chest is beneath the ribs. So it's in the heart and it's deep therein. Allah says, I know about all of that. And if there's something therein which is good, then work on that good. Because when we work on that good, and, and, and that's where the house, the residing place of Allah is. Because if there's that good, subhanAllah, then it becomes the spark. And then it becomes the means of more good. And then the bad and the evil that's there will slowly fade away. And so we ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to guide us all. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيد المرسلين امين الحمد لله رب العالمين